0: I'll just tell you a very quick story about that. I went to my boss at Stockton Ambulance Station and said, I want to transfer to go to Middlesbrough Ambulance Station. He looked at me and said, what, do you realise how rough they are over there? I said, yes, I want to be over there in the thick of it. So I transferred to Middlesbrough Ambulance Station. Very first day, 6 or 2 shift, yes, 6 o'clock in the morning, I walked into the Ambulance Station. A man walked right up to me and said... Who are you? Uh, and I told him who I was, and then he swore at me, and said, "Keep out of my way." <laughs> so that was my introducing to Middlesbrough Amund Station. <laughs> However, I stuck with it for many, many years, and you believe how many people would listen to you from the gospel, and they would see your faith was genuine. So that's an encouragement to young people in the workplace. Yeah, I hope no one swears at you in there, because <laughs> that's not very really pleasant. Right, we're turning to Revelation, we're into chapter 14. Chapter 14, 15 and 16 are all very similar. We might get through most of them, if not, we'll just turn to it some other time. But we're reading from chapter 14, the vision of the Lamb. i read from verse 1. And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand having his father's name written in their foreheads. And they heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of great thunder and they heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins, they are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile. For they are without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascend up for forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, they may rest from their labours, and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, Having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven also having a sharp sickle and another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle saying thrust in the sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. And The angel thrust in the sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the wine press was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even to the horses' bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. That's been equated to the length of the Holy Land. So, one of the first applications we have, and we can learn from this, is remember Revelation is a book of judgment a book of righteous judgment and we must not you know we see awful things that are happening here that the wine press of the wrath of god you know being poured out this is god's righteous judgment and we shouldn't question shouldn't question the righteous judgment of god and the things that are happening but what we see here is a series of visions it's not in chronological order yeah? chapter 14 is not in chronological order it's a series of visions and it's like a pieces of puddle, puddle pieces of a puzzle put together Right, and it's the seven things that we're going to consider there's verses 1 to 5 which is the vision of the lamb there's verse 6 and 7 which is the angel with the everlasting gospel uh, there's Babylon which is fallen which is Roman Catholicism that gets taken care of in chapter 17 and 18 Uh, there's the worshippers of the beast which have judgment laid upon them Um, there's the harvest of the earth as well and there is encouragement for God's people and there's a time of judgment but we'll start with Behold, I looked and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion with him, 144,000 having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now this is not an exact number, this is, you know, it won't be that exact number. But it means a lot of people. And the significance of the Lord being on Mount Zion is very, very significant. Because Mount Zion was the place where David had the ark, wasn't it? It was on Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is, in Hebrews, contrasted with Sinai, where judgment went out in Sinai, not keeping the law. And Mount Zion is kingly grace. It's his kingdom. When he he takes the kingdom, it's kingly grace that Mount Zion is talking about in opposition to Sinai so it's kingly grace and these 144,000 are Jews which have been martyred in the great tribulation which is in chapter 13 remember we did all the great tribulation in chapter 13 and the things that happened so these have come out of the great tribulation uh, and it's cost them their life to be true to God yes. that's still happening in the world today isn't it? Lots of Christians in other countries are persecuted lots of Muslims who become Christians in certain countries as soon as that is known they can say I'm going to die because I will be killed for what I'm just confessing so that's a wonderful thing for them isn't it that they will stand up with their faith even though They know it will possibly mean death for them. These were martyred. And it says they have his father's name written in their forehead. And it signifies they are God's own possession. Father's name in their foreheads. You remember the beast was putting a mark, wasn't it? A mark on the forehead and a mark or on their hand what would be more visible than the hand but the mark of the beast was there and any Christian in them days that was a happening they would refuse to have the mark of the beast in their forehead or on their hand and a result of that they lost their lives through martyrdom they would be killed but they sing a new song And this song is unique to them. Yes? And this song, no one else knows. It's unique. But they sing it before the elders. Remember, the elders are in glory. That was us raptured in the church. It's Old Testament saints, New Testament saints. We're in the glory at this time. And they are singing this song to the living creatures and to the elders In the glory, but it's their song, unique to them. Do we have a song? We do, don't we? Revelation chapter five. We have a, we will have a song about the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we've been singing in hymn books, we have loads of songs, don't we, that we sing in praise to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. But in Revelation chapter five, we say, and it's for the elders and things. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Now art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof that was slain, and redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. And Thou hast made us unto God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Isn't that a nice song that we have? when we're in the glory because we'll be singing these songs in the glory so these they they sung a new song before the throne before the four beasts and the elders and it's for 4,000 which would 144,000 which redeemed from the earth and we can give thanks for our redemption as well can't we it's another application we are redeemed what a wonderful thing that is where would we be if we weren't redeemed? Uh, verse four is strange. When that are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. This probably might mean set apart to God, in that sense. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. So first fruits is good, isn't it? First fruits for God and the Lamb of these people who are doing that now we can have an application of first fruits can't we Romans 8 verse 23 it says that we ourselves who have enjoyed the first fruits of the spirit as a foretaste of the blissful things to come it's heavenly yes we have the seal of the spirit as well So we enjoy the first fruits of the Spirit now and the scripture tells us in Romans 8, doesn't it, that we are waiting. What are we waiting for? We are waiting for the adoption of sons. That's what we're waiting for. If we die now in Christ, we will be absent from the body and present with the Lord. So that's a blessing as well, isn't it? and some people say let it be smooth and swift but if we die now we'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord so this is wonderful that the first fruits of the spirit we have and we can look forward to this day when we have the adoption of sons which is the redemption of the body yes all the saints that are in glory now they are still waiting for the redemption of the body That's when we will have a new body fashioned like unto Christ's body, and it will take place instantly at the rapture. So that's very encouraging as well, isn't it? And when we're talking about other names that they have and lots of things, we have names in Revelation at the beginning, haven't we? In Pergamos. Where it says, I will give him a white stone. This is every, every Christian in glory, yes. I will give him a white stone with a new name written on it. A new name. I've never liked my surname all the life I've been here. But <laughs> I'll have a new name. Yeah. Um, and it says, no one knows it except them who receive it. Now isn't that wonderful? So you have a relationship with Christ and he will give you a new name which only you know, no one else knows it. It's unique to you and it's how precious he is to you as an individual. Now isn't that absolutely marvellous? Individual love of the Lord Jesus Christ and he names us a different name. So I'm looking forward to that. Philadelphia talks about Names as well, doesn't it? It says, I will write upon them the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down from heaven, out of heaven from God. More names. Which is good. And then we're going to talk about this everlasting gospel. The everlasting gospel is a wonderful concept, isn't it? At the moment, we've got The the gospel of the grace of God. When Jesus was crucified and put in the tomb and resurrected, the gospel that went out is the gospel of the grace of God. And we need to give thanks for the gospel of the grace of God. That's what Paul says it was. The gospel of the grace of God. The gospel of the kingdom was suspended, remember, because the Jews rejected Christ So the gospel of the kingdom did not take place, but the gospel of grace came in. The everlasting gospel is very much related to the kingdom. So it's when Jesus reigns in the kingdom, the everlasting gospel is related to that. And the gospel of the kingdom will go out again once we are taken away and raptured. Which is a lovely thought, that, isn't it? The everlasting gospel. Um, The everlasting gospel is the last link of grace towards man. The everlasting gospel. And it's gone out and it's preached. The everlasting gospel is preached here by the angel. So we ask the question, What is the message of the everlasting glory? And it's verse 7. Saying with a loud voice, the angel saying this, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and sea with the fountains of water. That is the message that will go out to these people By the angel and it's called the everlasting gospel. So in other words they have a means here of getting right with God. And being blessed if they follow what the angel is telling them to do. (coughs) Are you keeping up with this yet? And the lovely thing about the everlasting gospel is when the wrath of God is finished. Because the Bible talks about the wrath of God being finished. That's another concept amazing in itself isn't it the wrath of God is finished and this is what we're coming up to in the end of (coughs) chapter 15 and 16 it's the wrath of God being finished accomplished now remember our Lord Jesus Christ when he died upon that cross he suffered the wrath of God upon himself that we might be saved Bore that wrath, so which means for us in application, you know, there's no condemnation for us. There's no wrath will come upon us. There is no eternal death in hell for us. It's all good for us now. In that context. But when it's all over, when that judgment is all over, the Lord says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Now this earth here is quite nice, isn't it? It has some nice things, trees, grass and all flowers and things of that. It's nice to look at, isn't it? A new heaven and a new earth. The heavens are nice to look at. But there's going to be a new heavens and new earth. We're not told what these new heavens and new earth are going to look like, are we? Although some people who, these people who say have died and they've gone up to heaven, they've come back again, they see things like flowers and rivers and trees and all sorts of things like that. Yeah, which makes me very sceptical about what they're looking at. <laughs> but there is going to be a new, a new heaven and a new earth. And in that new heaven and new earth, That technically is the everlasting gospel. So for eternity, we will know grace. Everlasting gospel. That is a good thought, isn't it? Then we have in verse 8, Babylon. Babylon is fallen, the great city, because she made the nations drunk with the wine of her fornication. Now we don't get confused this with Babylon in ancient times, yes? It's not that Babylon. This Babylon is Roman Catholicism. Yes? There's many people in Roman Catholicism. And it's the corrupt church. And when, the, when the, we have been raptured, that corrupt church will still take place on earth and the Bible tells us in chapter 17 Roman Catholicism is linked to the beast the woman rides on the beast which is the head of the Roman Empire so they are closely linked religion and the beast but eventually that link will break and it will be destroyed it's apostate church yes. it's still there So that's what that means. It's Roman Catholicism. Will be fallen at that time. There's a lot more to that. We'll see that when we come to chapter 17 and 18. But it's very interesting to think about that. Come out from among them. That's what the Bible says, yes. Uh, It's very hard for Roman Catholics to, if they get saved, to come out of Roman Catholicism. Uh, It's hard for them to do that. I know one man I know very well and he's a Christian, he's definitely a Christian but it was very very hard for him to to come out of Roman Catholicism but he did it in the end he come out so God judges the apostate church, the corrupt church of Roman Catholicism and the third angel followed him saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark on his forehead on his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of indignation. nation, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So these people are far gone, are they, that are worshipping the beast and the false prophet and all them. The smoke of their torment ascended forever and ever and there's no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and who receive the mark of his name. One of the, the sure fruits of Christians in them days that they were genuine Christians would be they would not receive the mark of the beast. Yeah. So that would be hard for them them days, Yes. It would be so easy to give in and say, yeah, just put the mark on me, fine. No, they would not allow that. So they would suffer for their faith in this great tribulation. And it makes you think, are we suffering for anything for our faith? Is our faith costing us anything at the moment? in this country I mean we can give thanks we don't want persecution please but we can give thanks that we have the gospel in this country that we can meet together that we can worship together we're not in fear of danger and things like that although things might get worse but in these days you know it was hard but they gave their lives they kept the faith And then it says, here is the patience of the saints, the endurance of the saints, are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So what would be an example in our day, what we have now, what would be an example of our faith that we are remaining true to the Lord? And I thought about Jude, where Jude says, contend earnestly for the faith. Which was once delivered to the saints. Yes. Once delivered to the saints. Contend for it earnestly. That's what we need to do. Yes. Don't be ashamed of our faith. Give testimony to that faith. Sometimes it does work when you give testimony. But some people get testimony and still reject it. But it's it's staying true. And in this day as well, you can still get respect in the workplace uh, because they know you're a Christian and they'll respect it to a certain extent. There'll be some that won't. And then we come up to these things. I heard the voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours and their works do follow them. We can apply that right across the board, can't we? If we die today in the Lord, that would be wonderful. Because he will be absent from the body, present with him. And that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? You agree? You might say, no, I'm not ready to go yet. I'm just about to get married. or <laughs> You know, I want to go on my holiday first matter does it really <laughs> you're gone and it's, it's a blessing when you're gone, blessed are those that are with the Lord and we all know people who are with the Lord don't we and they're in a much happier place and I'm sure they do not want to come back then we have the Lord now this is we're, talking, we're going to talk about the harvest, the harvest and the vintage Another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice. To him that sat on the cloud, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, Behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, that's the Lord Jesus, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Remember in them days they had sickles, which, have you seen them sickles that you you swoosh the grass down with? It's a bit antiquated now, but that's what it means. And he that sat on the cloud, thrust in the thickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. So you've got the Lord Jesus Christ sitting on the cloud, and if you imagine his whole sickle is going across the whole world, reaping. And another came out of the temple which is in heaven, having a sharp sickle. Another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire, and cried with a loud voice to him that had the sharp sickle, thrust in the sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of vine of the earth, for the grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust in, gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out the winepress unto the horse's bridles. This is very graphic, isn't it? So if you imagine a big horse where the bridle is, up the top of the head, isn't it? So far the blood's coming up and 1,600 furlongs, the length of the Holy Land. There's more judgments to come as well. And then there's the seven vials. There were seven angels in the chapter 14, there's seven angels in chapter 15 and 16. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvellous, seven angels having seven last plagues For in them is filled up the wrath of God. And that word filled up means the wrath of God is finished. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass. This is more martyrs again, isn't it? There's a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gained the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, and they're standing on this sea of glass having the harps of God. So these small martyrs in the days of the great tribulation. And they have a song. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, which is a song of deliverance, isn't it? And the song of the Lamb. Now we're used to there being the song of the Lamb in prayers of redemption, aren't we? Here it, this, the song of the Lamb is linked to Judgment, because it is a book of judgment. They sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvellous are thy works, O Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who will not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all the nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. This is the judgment's Lamb. And after I looked and behold the temple of the tabernacle and the testimony in heaven was opened and seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts with golden girdles. These seven plagues are very similar to the plagues that inflicted Egypt. There's some familiarity with them. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power and no man was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. And then we go on to these vials or bowls that are sometimes called and then we have all these more judgments poured out with these, these goals. I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went, poured out his vial upon the earth and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men who had the mark of the beast and upon those who worship his image. So again it's targeting those who are worshipping the beast and his mark. The second angel poured out his vial upon the sea and it became as the blood of a dead man and every living soul died in the sea. Remember sea talks of masses of people. The third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters and they became blood. Reminds you of Egypt, doesn't it? And I heard the angel of water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, Because thou hast judged thus. He is righteous in his judgments. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. For thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God which hath power over these plagues. And it says here, they repented not to give him glory. Isn't that amazing? They still did not repent. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the sea of the beast and his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues with pain. So that's the throne of the beast, yeah? head of the Roman Empire, it's targeted, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. The sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates and the water was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. This is a very interesting one, this. <coughs> you, you can cut some YouTube videos that tell you that the Euphrates is drying up in places. But in the day to come, in the future, it is going to dry up altogether. And it's the eastern border of what was Rome. So that means it's all going to be these kings of the east. It's a horde that's going to come right across into the western hemisphere. And we'll talk about that later on in the book of Revelation as well. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. There's your trinity of evil again. Unclean spirits like frogs. The dragon, Satan, the beast, head of the Roman Empire, the false prophet, the Antichrist. For they are spirits of devils which work miracles and go forth unto the kings of the earth of the whole world and gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. That's the battle of Armageddon. So we're going to cut, you know, so when we talk about the harvest and the vintage, the harvest, there's good brought in from the harvest and there's bad brought in from the harvest. The vintage is, wrath is just poured out completely. And that's one of them. Armageddon will be wrath poured out. And there's other cases of judgment that will take place at that time. And it says, Behold, I come as a thief, the Lord Jesus. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial in the air and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. And there was voices, thunders, lightnings, great earthquake, such was not since men were upon earth, a mighty an earthquake and so great, and the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God, to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. The plague thereof were exceedingly great. So we managed to get through a few chapters there. It's all about judgment, isn't it? But we can take lots of encouragement from it as well and applications for it in our our Christian faith that we have now and being true to that Christian faith, being genuine to it and continuing to follow the Lord brethren would always say never get your conversion mixed up with your discipleship you're converted but then there's discipleship uh, and we're going to come to that in, in Luke shortly as well discipleship it's a big challenge of our discipleship to follow the Lord and take up our cross and follow him discipleship is good for us to think about when we get to Luke let's pray our father we have seen that thou hast given to thy son this book of revelation it's his the earth is his The kingdom is his and he shall reign in his kingdom and we are told that we shall reign with him in that kingdom and we will see his magnificent glory king of kings and lord of lords and that will be a wonderful occasion for us and we're looking forward to that day And we're taken home and we shall come with him and with his holy angels in his glory, in his father's glory coming back to this earth in great power and glory and judgment. We thank you for these things. Uh, We give thanks again for the blessing of our own salvation and the redemption that we have in the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we be true to him and follow him all our days. In his precious name, amen.